Tell you what, there are plenty of reminders around the arena uh, this evening that this is an in-season tournament game. Would you agree, Kyle? Yeah, it's everywhere, right? Yes, the court, of course, is a special in-season tournament court uh, featuring the in-season tournament trophy. You've got in-season tournament by dial pad, at least now anyway. You've got signs all over the place. So it's uh, uh, I hope it's a fun night. Uh, this could be a really fun, fun matchup. The Kings right now. Obviously, they've got some issues. Without De'Aaron Fox, the Kings are always going to have issues. This would be a huge win tonight on a number of fronts if the Kings are able to pull it off. I think so. You know, as much as, you know, we get up for the Lakers and the Warriors of the world, this Oklahoma City team is going to be there too. Yep. They're going to be one of those teams you're jockeying for a position, uh, you know, going into the playoffs. And so I think this is a big-time uh, matchup here tonight. And, you know, we were just talking uh, before, you know, during the break, you know, which teams are going to miss the play-in tournament? Like, who's going to be, you know, the teams on the outside? you said Compio in? says Houston's in the Yeah, in the, Houston will make yeah. the play-in, Compio said in the YouTube chat. And I'm thinking, if Houston makes the play-in, who's out? Like, who are the five teams that are not going to make the play-in, at least, in, in the Western Conference? Uh, Portland, okay, maybe Portland. San Antonio, maybe you got two. But outside of that... Yeah, it's, it's tough. It's a dogfight. Yeah, you look at last year, Dallas didn't make it. Um, right. They're playing well. That's why every one of these games, obviously, is so important because there are going to be some teams that miss the playoffs that are probably good enough to make the playoffs. Yeah. The math is such that there's not room for everybody this year. Yeah, 100%. And, you know, I know it's way early, but I'm just looking at the standings right now. If it just started right now, the Spurs wouldn't be there. The Lakers wouldn't be there. That would be <laughs> that would be huge. Portland. Maybe By the way, the Lakers saw? are terrible so far. Yeah, no, they yeah. were terrible at the beginning of last year and figured it out, but they're awful. They're, right they're now. lost. They've lost three in a row, uh, giving up 116 points per game. Uh, they're struggling. Anthony Davis. He has been upgraded to uh, probable for uh, their game tonight, and so he, he may play tonight. But you know, Utah. What about Memphis? You know, I forgot about Memphis. I, I know they're one in seven, but are they destined to, you know, continue this, or are they going to turn it around once Jock comes back and win a go on an eight game win streak, nine game win streak, and get right back into it? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I still am picking them to at least make the play in tournament. But yeah, okay. there's going to be some teams, as we said, that are not in there that are good enough, probably in most years, to be in there. We were talking about Javale McGee. How come he didn't play? We were guessing maybe there was something uh, defensively that uh, Coach Brown wasn't happy with there. Uh, on the chat, we got some people suggesting that uh, that JaVale had ice packs on his knees and Compio says he just needed a rest. So I don't know about that, but maybe. Maybe, maybe was, yeah. Maybe. Mike Brown, didn't, if I'm correct, didn't say anything about right. that. Right. You know, and it was not in the injury report or anything like that. And, uh, you know, that'll be a telltale sign tonight, right? I mm -hmm. mean, if JaVale's the first big off the bench, okay, you know, maybe he did uh, want to just give him a night off and, and give him some rest. If we see Alex Lynn, who I'm a big fan of, like, to me, Alex Lynn does everything that you ask of him. He doesn't try to get out of character. He knocked down a three, too. Didn't he knock down a three? He had a corner. Maybe a um, – no, he didn't shoot one the other night. But he, he can knock down a three. I don't want him taking a lot, obviously. But he does everything that you ask uh, of a big man. He runs the floor. He defends well. He blocks shots. Uh, I, I like Alex Lynn, and that's, you know, when you got him, JaVale, and Domas, uh, you're pretty set at that center position. He had three offensive rebounds, yeah. not to get bogged down with numbers, but that was huge because the Kings had, they really hammered Portland on the backboards, and they had 15 offensive rebounds. 
extra possessions, of course, huge in a three-point game. So that was a big, big factor. Yeah, 100%. And, you know, we'll see. Uh, need to see some more of that uh, tonight, too. This OKC team, they're one of the best three-point shooting teams in the NBA. They are the best overall shooting team uh, in the association as well. And so what's, what's interesting about them is, they're not a high-volume three-point right. team. Right. You know, they're very efficient at what they do, but they don't take a whole lot of threes like some of these other right. teams out here. This isn't kind, but they're in that regard. They're the reverse of the Kings. Yeah. They make a lot, but they don't take many. And the Kings, right. they take a lot, <laughs> right. and they haven't been making any. Which brings us to, in the last game, of course, he was uh, one for six beyond the arc, Keegan Murray. What's yes. going on? What do you think is going on here with Keegan Murray, who is hugely important to the Kings? Uh, their their current state and their future. And he's just not playing well, Kyle. No, he's not playing well. And, you know, he, he is a key to what the Kings do. You know, I mentioned him and Kevin Herter. Like, they need their shooting. The Kings need their shooting if they want to be the team that they, they expect to be. And I'm Four not sure. for 17 in yeah. the last game. And, you know, to me, I, I, I don't know. When you watch the game, what I see is a guy that's unsure of himself, thinking too much. Do I shoot it? Do I pass? Like, it's just, you know, it, it, he's thinking too much. Where last year, he knew where his shots were going to come from. I'm going to be a catch-and-shoot guy. And when I get it, I'm going to let it fly. That's my game. Now he's being asked to put it on the floor. And I think, you know, when, when he does put it on the floor, he's unsure of what move he wants to make. Like, what's his go-to putting it on the floor kind of move, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, don't, I don't see one just yet. Is it the dribble pull-up? Is it getting all the way to the paint? One thing he's been trying to do is that one-legged, fall-away Dirk Nowitzki style. He hasn't mastered that, but... Yeah, uh, he's taking a lot of shots where he's leaning this Yeah, leaning, and yeah, and making exactly. some of those shots tougher than they have to be. 100%. And so I, I think, you know, maybe uh, Mike should simplify it. Not saying go back to, to last year, but you're asking him to do so much right now. Plates both ends of the floor, mind you. Uh, you know, I can add that, that... If I'm Mike Brown, I'm running some some plays for Keegan, you know, catch and shoot. You mentioned Sasha Vazenkos, 33 points on, what, three dribbles. You know, maybe Keegan needs to have a couple of games like that just to get his confidence back up. Somebody told me a, a theory about Keegan that I think is really interesting, and the theory is, and it relates to a lot of things we're talking about, Mike Brown asking him to do a lot. Theory is that last year Keegan didn't take a lot of shots, and he only took right. uh, shots that he was comfortable taking. Um, and so they were all high percentage shots for him. This year he's taken more shots because they wanted to be more aggressive. So he's taken shots that he wouldn't normally take, and they're not good shots for him, and has thrown his whole game out of whack. Yeah, yeah, and, and it has. And, you know, watching him the other night uh, against Portland, you know, you mentioned the four for 17. It was like there were times he would – the shot was there, and he held it too long, and it looked awkward. Like he's just not looking comfortable right now at all and i don't know if you know maybe you throw him a, a a bone and put him on the block a little bit some ice I, I don't know what you do if you're mike brown i like keegan being aggressive i don't mind the 17 shots because you're trying to get yourself going i just wish it was more fluid more 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 smooth with it you know it seems kind of clunky right now on the offensive end you know that he can find it because remember last year in the playoff series he started out he couldn't make anything and then yeah. even under the the heat of the playoffs he started making his threes in that series so if he can do it then and figure it out right in the middle of the series he should be able to turn around 
um, early in the season. Are you worried at all? I mean, we're only seven games in. Is this, uh, you know, is this something that's a, a legitimate concern, or is it just all right? He's just slumping right now. To me, the concern is that they just don't have a lot of time for him to find it. He'll find it, but win, and they need him to find it now, yeah. especially with De'Aaron Fox out. No, you're right, it, it, and it, it might, like you said, it's not about him, you know, and, and us, his struggles, and us worrying about him. It's for the team's sake. Yeah, exactly. They need him exactly. to get it going. Yeah, and so I, I thought, you know, coming back home on uh, Wednesday and playing in front of your home crowd that would cure things. Uh, it didn't, but. You know, a lot of pressure on him. You got your mom and dad, your brother, and everything like that. Like when well, you he got your that, mom listening every day, and you handle that pressure, okay? Dude, I'm about 85 percent of what I can be, to be honest <laughs> with you. I, I can actually be a be- much better radio broadcaster, <laughs> okay. but mom's listening. All right, she's making okay. me nervous. Okay, but, I understand that. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, when he remember that corner three he made, falling out of bounds. I'm like, yes, yeah, that's going to get him going, and it didn't uh, happen for him. And so I think. When you look at Keegan, especially with no De'Aaron Fox, he benefits maybe the most, him and Kevin Herter, from De'Aaron Fox drawing defenders in the kickout game, the spray threes. Right. He's not getting a lot of those. And then the ones he's getting, he's not making those. Yeah. Well, get a few things going, going to the basket, and then the shots are going to – I know we said this last game – they're going to start falling, right? They have a little bit for Herter. They've started going in a little bit. Right. It's inevitable that some of them are going to start going in. Yeah, yeah, 100% because, you know, this is a guy that shot 41% from three last season, and I've said it before. It's and everything not like, looks good. Right, maybe there's a little good. hitch here, there, or something, and but maybe he's everything looks solid. Or something like yeah. that. It's yes. Going. But here's the thing. As much of an expert as we are, you and I. We're basketball experts. Yes. You would think the coaches would see the same thing and say, you know what, Keegan, it looks like you're drifting on your shot. Like, you would think, okay, that would be something they're working on. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, it's interesting. We're, I'm listening here. This is uh, catching me off guard here. Uh, take you behind. <laughs> so they're doing like a uh, rehearsal for starting lineups. Mm-hmm. Keon Ellis was the first one they did. Oh, really? Yeah, I don't know if they I know something to you, we I didn't notice that. Yeah, oh, yeah, that's okay. what it threw me off guard. And so maybe we got a glimpse <laughs> on who might be starting. Or Interesting. Maybe they're using the one from the other night. I don't know. Good but work, it's a detective. rehearsal right now. And Keon Ellis was the first guy they mentioned. So. Yeah, and in case you ever forget that, I have this reminder right, right. here for you. You're going to frame the, that, the huh? I was thinking of framing it. And <laughs> if I could get Keon to sign it, that'd be great. Put it up, <laughs> put it up in the studio. Oh, uh, we're going to take a timeout. And looks like your your buddy Michael Cage. Yeah, Michael Cage said he can come on with us. Uh, he just texted me. 3.15, I said, cool, we'll call you. He said, yes, let's do it. All right, so, so we'll, yep. we'll keep it here for just a few more moments here. And then uh, Michael Cage will be joining us uh, in a little bit. He's, of course, the outstanding color analyst for yes. uh, the Oklahoma City Thunder. Yeah, one of the nicest guys as well. And, you know, this OKC team, remember a few years ago, they were struggling. They were down in the dumps. I think it was Shea's first year. I think he got banged up and got hurt. Like, they were, you know sort of uh, in the process mode, if you will. And I don't want to say tank or anything like that, but but one thing they always did was play hard, mm-hmm. you know? And what they've been able to do, some of the development of their players, the, the Williams brothers, Jalen and Jalen Williams, and, you know, the way they play, and Lou Dort, how he's elevated his game, they, they got something good going on right now in Oklahoma City. I believe it was early last season 
the the buzz had started, really the whispers had started that, you know what, this team, as far as they are from contending, they've got Shea, he's playing great. Yep. He may be out of sync with their window. By the time this team's any good, maybe it'll be too late for him. Maybe he'll want to move on. But look how ridiculous that looks right now. Right. Uh, yeah, uh, it's uh, all coming together. All, I mean, think about it. I think they made a surprise run last year, getting into the play-in and, and winning that first game uh, before losing uh, the second one. And so, you know, for them, there's no reason why they shouldn't be a playoff or at least a play-in again and maybe advance to the top eight in the Western Conference. Like, their timeline for being a playoff team is, I think, right now mm -hmm. with what they have. I uh, believe I had them – well, you'll laugh at me. I believe I had them top four in the West before the season started, so we'll see. You they're, sticking with that? I, yeah, I have to now, but they're a really <laughs> good team. <laughs> you don't have to. Why do you what Oh, are you yeah, you, well, you can't be all over the yeah, place. As I new information in, yeah. comes no. in, as you get more data and more information, you can – uh, you know, uh, amend your uh, you got to stick with it. If you're not sure, then don't say it. All right. All yeah. Right. Now, I'm not sticking with my Nerlens Noel's predictions <laughs> from before the season. I'm not sticking with those. Oh, I my God. I'm going to walk those back. Yeah. Oh, you taking those? I thought he was going to contribute you a little bit. You think he's going to contribute? It's, it's not really worked out. You got new information, though, so you're allowed to take it back. You know? All right. We'll take a timeout. And Michael Cage, who once led the NBA in rebounding, He's the analyst for the OKC Thunder. He joins us when we come back to the Golden One Center Drive Guys on Sacktown Sports. In-season tournament tipping off tonight at the Golden One Center. Whitey Gleason, Kyle Draper uh, getting ready for the contest. Kyle, of course, will have the call tonight. NBC Sports California. And once again, Drapes has come through. He's got a very special guest joining us. Yeah, bringing in my guy, Michael Cage. Why do you mention it? Uh, a legend led the NBA in rebounding at 13 rebounds a game. He was always season. on the all-physique team. Yeah, yeah, exactly. No and he's still cut, too. <laughs> Wait till you see him out here at the arena. He's still cut 13 rebounds a game back in the 87-88 season with the Clippers. Led the NBA. Michael, thanks for jumping on with the Drive Guys. Uh, absolutely, man. What about the all-hair team? I, I didn't make the all-hair team. <laughs> you know what? If this was 1985, yeah, you would be on the all-hair team. I, I don't know about that. Come on, man. Give me second team. I'll take something, man. Or run her up. Hey, man, Michael, thanks, man. You're, you're one of the best. Let, let's talk about tonight's matchup. Obviously, you get to see these OKC Thunder, uh, the squad, up close and personal uh, day in and day out. Uh, tell us about your team. How's the season been going so far? Well, you know, we're, we're, last year we were right around the youngest team in, in the league. Now we're just the second youngest team. But, you know, everybody came back a little bit smarter, a little bit wiser, a little bit more savvy about handling, you know, the NBA nuances and you know what? They're fun to watch, man. I mean, they're they're all trying to swim in the same direction. Uh, they 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 get along. They have a lot of fun. You know, it wasn't. You know, it it, it was. You know, it, it's been an up and down last couple of years because we've been reloading, and I think we're starting. To, what you're starting to see now, guys, is some of the the fruits of our labor. You know, this team can score the basketball. They can defend you. Uh, they like to get out in transition. Now, I know these are some early numbers through eight games. You know, I, I guess I'm not necessarily concerned with the winning and losing as much as I am. What's sustainable? And what's sustainable for these guys, man, is, is that they can score the basketball. And, you know, they, they can they can get out and run. They can shoot the three. Uh, right now, you know, they're shooting the three pretty well over the last three games at 
averaging almost 60 points in the paint. And, the, mm. you know, you played Cleveland, you played Atlanta, who was a pretty, you know, Atlanta was pretty hot when they came into Oklahoma City uh, last week, was able to outlast them in their big front line. And the same way with Cleveland, you know, with Jared Allen and Evan Mobley, these guys are learning how to play the game night in and night out. And so far, man, it's really uh, it's really been fun to watch. Michael Cage, nice enough to join us here. Drive guys coming to you from the Golden One Center. And Michael is, of course, an analyst for the OKC Thunder. I'm fascinated by your team, Michael, and I have been for years. And I realize what really makes them fun to watch to me is how talented they are, but how unselfish they are. Now, how 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 has their culture come together in that fashion? Have they just picked the right guys? Is it leadership? What is it about the team? How, how have you collected these very young, talented players who play together as well as they do? Well, you've got to give the, the, the players credit for that uh, uh, because they bought into the system. And the guy you got to really look at is Mark Dagonal. He's done a great job with this young group because, you know, man, you get, you get a lot of young, you know, uh, high draft picks coming in here, man, that they all want to score. They yes. want to show mm-hmm. that they can score. Yeah. You know, and I get that, man. I was a player, and you guys play basketball. You know, you the first thing you want to do, I, hey, I want to show you I can score. <laughs> you know? Right. And, <laughs> and learning to, to wait your turn and, and, and be able to wait for the right shot, that's, that's where the art come in. You know, it doesn't put your team into trouble when you take a shot out of rhythm and, and team goes the other way on a fast break. They've learned that pretty quickly. And I'm going to give Mark Dagonal credit for that. I think, you know, Shea is a terrific young up-and-coming player in the league. Last year, uh, you know, he was first-team All-NBA, uh, first-time uh, all, um, All-Star as well. But he's also the lead guy out there in moving the basketball. Even though he's averaging, you know, last season 31 points a game, that guy gives up the basketball, man. He plays on both sides. So guess what? Water leaks from the roof down. And, and I think that's what you're seeing in this young team, you know, in Jalen Williams from, you know, Santa Clara, mm-hmm. you know, not too far from here. Yep. And, and, and Chet Holmgren, who's really been terrific. I know you guys, you will talk about him you know, at some point in time, you know, uh, on the broadcast, but you know, it, it, Josh Giddy, man, you go through the whole roster, Lou Dort, you know, you can just continue to go through the whole roster. They give up the basketball, man. They've been averaging through the first eight games of the season just over 24 assists a game. Wow. So they're sharing the ball. They're moving it. You mentioned Chet Holmgren. He sat out uh, all of last season with that Liz Frank injury. How has he looked and what kind of impact has he made on this OKC squad? Well, I think he's given them, guys, a dimension that we just haven't had in a long time. A shot blocker at the rim but also a guy who can take the big guy away from the rim, who's a shot blocker or, or, you know, who can anchor your defense, take him away from the rim offensively and knock down the three. I mean, man, I was looking at some numbers earlier today on him. He's only one of 11 players that have 15 plus made threes made and seven plus dunks. So, you know, what that's telling you, I know it's early. It's just a sample size. But you got to remember, this guy was out all last year, man. You know, he, he missed the entire year. You know, just you know, he didn't. He wasn't just wasting his time. He was learning the cadence of the league. He was with at, at every practice, on every road trip. So he got to know his teammates last year, and he understood what you know, uh, you know, the NBA game is all about, and how do I fit into it? I mean, a seven foot one, you know, that that's pretty special in itself. You know, with those kind of skill sets. You know, you know, so I think Cotton Fist Simmons said what, uh, you know, legendary coach in the NBA said, 
you know, a seven footer will always be a seven footer. And and that's what he, we just haven't had that type of player in the last couple of seasons, man. Well, we uh, thought that he would be an excellent player, and we'll see how great he is. But I don't know that we expected your other rookie to be as good as he's been. What is going on with uh, Kaysen Wallace? He's been incredible. Kaysen has really been a surprise, man. You know, he's just fearless. He plays with – I always say, man, he plays like a riverboat gambler with a short memory. <laughs> you know, he, he can make a mistake out there. Don't even phase it, man. That dude will turn around and make another great – play on the ball or make a great play offensively. And, and he, he, he had, for a guy who's so young at 19 years old, when we drafted him man out of Kentucky, you know, I was really surprised. And I saw him play in a summer league in Las Vegas. I didn't know he was that good of a three point shooter. He's really a, a pretty good three point shooter, but he's an, a good on the ball defender. And he's the guy that's not afraid to go baseline, you know, from baseline to baseline, really, you know, he, he did a good job of that the other night with Donovan Mitchell same thing with Trey, Trey Young, the game before. You know, you're not going to stop those guys, but if you can just wear them down and put a guy on there like that with him, uh, you know, over the course of four quarters, yeah, it's going to wear anybody down. And he's not afraid to take that big shot, which he's made. He's made some really big shots for us in the last couple of games that you look at him and go, okay, Casey Wallace, is that guy a rookie? You know, so he, he understands the role that he's, he's, he's asked to do right now. And, and I think that, you know, there's some early returns on, you know, I think the, 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 the belief and investment that the team has in him right now, they're putting him out there, man. You know, they're putting him out there in crunch time. They'll put him out there, you know, when the game is, is, is kind of going south because our bench is a big part of what we do. So just like the Kings bench, I mean, you know, really, you know, if you can get some leverage from our bench, your bench, you know, our bench, and when you can get that kind of production from a young guy, man, it really helps your squad out. Michael Cage, 15-year NBA veteran, joining the drive, guys. You know, Michael, when you look at, you know, your team, it's a young up-and-coming team. And me and uh, Whitey, we were talking about how the, the playoff window for the Thunder is open right now, sort of similar uh, to the Sacramento Kings. What do you see from this Kings team? As you do your research preparing for tonight's game, what stand out, stands out to you? Well, first of all, man, you guys had a terrific year last year. I mean, you know, what had made the playoffs or a winning season since 2006. And all of a sudden, man, you know, you go, you go from the outhouse to the penthouse <laughs> you know, in one season. And that's Mike Brown, man. I've known Mike Brown for a long time. And, and you know, he, he, you know, he, he, he's really just a, a, a terrific X and O guy works very well with young people and and I wasn't surprised at the end of the season when the smoke cleared that that's what I saw. I saw a high-scoring, most offensively efficient team in NBA history yeah. last season, you know, uh, there at the end. And, you know, seeing that the players, man, you guys got the, you got the basis to be really good for a long time with De'Aaron Fox, you know, Sabonis, you know, Keegan Murray, man, that guy, that guy is, shoots lights out. You know, obviously the veteranship you have, you know, in Harrison Barnes. I mean, it's really a fun team to watch. You get up and down the floor. You know, you, you play with a lot of pace, which is what the Thunder try to do. And, and you know, when you have that kind of year last year, all of a sudden nobody's not, you're not surprised anymore. Nobody's, everybody's taking you very, very seriously this year because they go, okay, this is a team. They're going to run by you. They're going to shoot the three. They're going to defend you. And they're going to do that for four quarters. Michael Cage with us. Michael, what kind of matchup problems does Sabonis potentially uh, give your club tonight? 
Well, he's such a banger inside, you know, and he's such a smart player when you try to double team him. And I think that's where the trouble comes with him. And anytime he's playing against any 29 teams is that, you know, he's very good at getting rid of that basketball and gets it to the right person. And I think he's underrated as a passer, but he's had three triple doubles out of six games against us. Okay. Right. Trust me, Sabonis, please don't get a triple double tonight. You can convince me. <laughs> you can pass the ball. Okay. I, I, I'm not one of those naysayers, man. You know, you know, he, he plays at an all-star level and, you know, there's nothing fancy about him. You know, he's just a hardworking guy. When you look at the stats at the end of the night, Everything he does is impactful, and he's going to give you 110% on every play. I really like that kind of player because you don't see those kind of players in the league anymore. Michael Cage joining us. You can catch him tonight on the OKC Thunder side of things if you got league pass, OKC Thunder broadcaster and analyst. Uh, Michael, you mentioned Mike Brown. Uh, he's a San Diego Torero just like you. Um, what do you know about Mike? I know he came a little bit after you. Uh, if I'm correct, uh, what do you uh, remember about Mike and some of his early days? Well, you know, I went to San Diego State. You're right. Michael was a Torero. So we, we, we didn't we didn't get along back then, you know, because I was ahead <laughs> yeah. of him. Yep. We're friends now. We're friends now. Okay. Because you know, okay. passed us. You know, I like – hey, I'll tell you a little quick story about Mike Brown. He gave me my first coaching opportunity when he was coaching the Cleveland Cavaliers. He invited me oh. to be a, a, a coach on the bench with the Cleveland Cavaliers in the summer league. And uh, I got a chance to really work with Mike. I had known Mike for a number of years. And uh, that summer, I really learned a lot about the X and O's of the NBA game and players and coaching and systems because there's a lot of complicated defenses and offenses that are constructed in the summer. I just sat back and watched him work like a wizard, man. And, uh, you know, it, 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 I had already knew Mike a, a long time before that, you know, not, you know, because I was slightly ahead of Mike. Yeah. in terms of uh, school back, you know, in, in, in Silk or San Diego, that is. And so I'm really not surprised that he has the King. Now, what I am surprised is how quickly he got the, the Kings to where they are uh, today. But I'm, I'm not surprised is the way they play, because that's Mike Brown's way. I mean, he, he is really there's – a, there's a tremendous amount of intelligence, I think, out there on the floor with the Kings players because they have a system, just like the Thunder do. And you have to try to beat the Kings system, which means – you have to try to beat Mike Brown's system. Now, that's where it gets a little complicated because he's clever at drawing up plays that you say, hey, I didn't see that in the film before. Well, we didn't expect that. So, And Mike, not only that, though, Mike's a good person, man. I, I tell you one thing, man. He's a friend for life. And I, I tell you, I'm happy for him with the season that the Kings had and, and where they are right now. Uh, the Kings made the right hire, obviously, you know, hands down. And uh, I'm happy that we have coaches like Mike Brown still in the NBA. Michael Cage, thank you so much for your time. Uh, we just were handed this update. Congratulations. A little late, but you were just named to the 75th anniversary all-physique and all-hair team. Congratulations. <laughs> oh, man, that makes me – you know what, guys? That makes me real happy. You know what I'm saying? Do, do I, let me ask you this. Do I get that leather jacket, you know, like you got for the 70s? I think so. With all those teams on it, man. And, and that Jerry Curl spray, you know we got that for you too, man. Uh, uh, about you and AC Green, y'all can ask. It's the soul glow stuff, man. The you know, don't glow. give me the Jerry okay. Curl. I oh, man, Andy we love you, Michael. Where my hair inspired that character, you know? <laughs> Now, you know that's, that's a true, true story now. You know that, right? That is true. That's that is true. true. Yeah, Those guys, that they were looking for some kind of character for the movie. They came to a Clipper game in the mid-'80s. 
They saw me, they saw my hair, and they wrote in my hair with the Soul Glow whole thing throughout the uh, Eddie Murphy coming to America. But now I, I wasn't laughing back then. That was based I'm on you now because I'm older. Get out of here! I didn't know that. <laughs> that is a true story. Okay. I can laugh with you now, but if you had laughed with me back in the 80s, yeah, you know what? You You would have been throwing broad shoulders up in your face. (laughs) (laughs) One of the nicest guys in the league, man. He was ready to throw hands if we talked about his hair back in the day. Michael, we appreciate you, man. We'll see you in a little bit out here at the arena. Okay, man. We'll see you down there. Thank you. Great stuff. Great stuff. Michael Cage, another classic example of how the toughest guys are sometimes the nicest guys because yeah. they have nothing to prove to anybody, right? <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah. Like, you know, Kendrick Perkins, but, you know, on the court, he's scowling. He looks, yeah. you know, but after, you know, one of the nicest guys, same thing with Michael Cage. We'll take a quick timeout when we come back. Can the Kings beat OKC without De'Aaron Fox? Well, they did last year. Ooh. Tell you how. They live and local from the Golden One Center getting ready for some in-season tournament basketball. Kings in the OKC Thunder. No deer and Fox tonight. We don't know when he's back. I'm not surprised he's not playing tonight. No, I'm not surprised. You know, uh, you know, he has been progressing, you know, uh, going through light warm-ups and things like that. I, I said maybe Monday against Cleveland, but, uh, you know, I, 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 you know, two weeks with this. Initially, that's what we said. We said, all right, a couple of weeks he'll be out. Right. You know, he said he would be back sooner, but, uh, you know, clearly taking his time, and uh, hopefully we'll see him soon, man. Well, that's a fair thing to ask, can the Kings beat the Thunder without De'Aaron Fox? They did it last year. I have the box score here, February 28th, 2023. Uh, Kings over the Thunder, 123-117. Of course, Shea didn't play in that game either. But, Kyle, I want to give this to you, and uh, there's no wrong answer. I'm not putting you on the spot. See if there's you see anything in there that you think, yeah, the Kings, if they do that tonight, that would go a long ways towards helping them without De'Aaron Fox beat this team. If they do that Tonight, I mean, in what ways is that a blueprint? You look at the starters. I mean, the starters. I'm looking at my guy, DeMontis Sabonis. Yeah. You know, he was dominant in this game. 33 uh, and a half minutes, uh, 22 points, 13 rebounds, 9 assists. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, triple-double, near triple-double, one assist shy of a triple-double. And so, also, I'll take the 35% shooting from three, too. Yeah. Uh, I'll take that. Give me that, you know. Uh Um, They turned the ball over a lot, 20 Led to 19 points. That's concerning. Herter had a pretty good game, didn't he? Did he? Let me see. Yeah, he had 20, hey, 20 points, 9 assists. Yeah. Is that where you're going with this? Well, uh, that's one, there's a lot of things in there. I think that's right, one of right. them. Yeah. Uh, you had 29 from Harrison Barnes. Yeah. The starters were Keegan was 5 for 10. Barnes was 8 for 13. Domas 8 for 10. Herter 8 for 14. And Davion was 6 for 10. So the ball went in the basket. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Uh, ball went in the basket. And you mentioned Harrison Barnes in that big game. He had 29 points, uh, four for five from three. Got to the free throw line as well, HB did. Nine for ten, also nine rebounds. And so, I mean, Doc Rivers always said, right, it's a make-miss league, Mm -hmm. and especially for this Kings team. I mean, I know the defense at times is improved, but their offense is their bread and butter. And so they need to see the ball going in the hoop. Yeah, Jalen Williams for the Thunder had a nice game against the Kings with 27 but I think that's it. That would That's going to make a lot of the Kings' issues seem to fade away if they can just shoot a better percentage. I mean, if you can shoot a really high percentage, that's great. But they don't even need to do that. They just got to start shooting a decent percentage from three. Yeah, you know, and, and what's so crazy is last year the Kings were ninth 
and three-point percentage at close to 37, 36.9. They're 24th this year, 32.5%. I mean, it, it's a stark difference. And if you want to talk overall field goal percentage, Whitey, they were second in the NBA in field goal percentage a season ago. Right now, 27th in the NBA. And so, you know, they're three and four. I could argue, man, I'm glad they're three and four with I some of these with numbers that. right I here. It's like, 100%. my gosh, you know? Uh-huh. And yeah. so they're, they're sort of treading water right now. And that, that's why that win against Portland was so big. You know, uh, three and four is a lot different than two and five. Maybe you get this one tonight. You're back at 500. You're sitting pretty. You don't know what's going to happen with the Thunder. They come out tonight. They're on the road. But if yeah. the Thunder play anything close to the way they've been playing, I mean, this is going to be a really tough game for the Kings. And if they win this one, uh, this would go a long ways towards them feeling a lot better about themselves and getting them back on track. This is a big game tonight, and this is this is not a battered Portland Trailblazer team you're playing right. tonight. This is a really good team. And, and, and you know, the, the thing that concerns me uh, about this uh, OKC team, and, and we can look at the numbers and uh, how great they are at shooting the ball and efficient they are offensively. I think they have the number seven uh, offensive rated team uh, in the entire NBA. What concerns me, is their size and length. Mm -hmm. You know, Josh Giddy, you know, is what, listed at what, 6'10", I believe. Uh, so he's a big guy out there. Yeah, is he know? either a power forward or is he their point guard? Right, right, I, yes, right. Exactly. He's basically he's both. Six, eight, yeah. He's listed at 6'8". Chet Holmgren, 7'1". Uh, Shea Gilgis-Alexander is listed at 6'6". But, you know, when I talk about size, sure, I'm talking about height, but the length, their wingspans are much bigger than than what their height indicates, and so and then Lou Dort's one of the toughest defenders uh, in the NBA, and so I, I think that you know the size and length, how do we match up with that, is going to be a, a key thing to watch tonight. Anytime you play a guy like uh, Shea, and there's not a lot of them, but the question is well, who's going to guard him, and I, to me the answer is. It's obvious it's a lot of different guys are going to yeah. guard him. I mean, I know Davin's going to be on him, maybe Keon to start the game, but I think Keegan's going to get a uh, a shot at him here or there. I think you got to throw a lot of different defenders at him. Yeah, 100%. You know, uh, the, the the obvious thing is, oh, make him a shooter. Make him shoot three. Well, that's what every team in the NBA is trying, and it hasn't worked. And, you know, he's averaging better than 28 points per game this season on 51%. For a guard to average 51% shooting, that's tremendous. And the thing about Shea that's so interesting, when you watch him, he plays at his own pace. You can't speed him up or anything like that. He is just slow and steady. He dictates the he tempo. He dictates the tempo. And you heard Michael Cage last season. What makes him scary, too, is he's a willing passer. You know, he's not a James Harden dribble, dribble, dribble out the shot clock and then try to put it up. If a guy is open, he's going to move the ball. And so uh, he's one of the best young players in the game. He's 25 years old. He came into the league the year after De'Aaron Fox. Wow. And he's cousins, I think, with uh, Nikhil Alexander-Walker. Yes. Right? Yes. yes. Yeah. That's, that's the relation there. And, uh, you know, it, the thing about this OKC team is – they got a couple of players that played for our guy Jordy Fernandez on uh, mm. Team Canada also. And we remember what Team Canada did to the USA in the FIBA World Cup. Uh, you know, Shea Gilgis-Alexander, Lou Dort, 
uh, mm-hmm. played uh, for uh, Jordy Fernandez and Team Canada. And so uh, this is a talented team uh, that we're going to see tonight. And Domas, we were kidding with Michael Cage about Domas. Domas used to be an OKC. Yeah, played as a, and maybe that's why he has big yes, games against them, right? It. They traded him in that Paul George trade, played his rookie year uh, in OKC, and then got shipped off to uh, Indiana. And so maybe it's a little added motivation for our guy Domas, right? I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> Yeah, because when he was with the Pacers, he's that was their big three, right? It was him and Turner and and Brogdon, and that was uh, yeah. He came over in that, yeah, as you say. So he's been in, involved in some huge some trades for a number of teams. Yeah, a number of teams, no doubt about it. And so uh, we'll see. Maybe some added motivation for our guy. I hope he comes out. He's historically put up numbers uh, talking about Sabonis against this OKC team. Yeah, as so we we'll said, see. Average a triple yeah. double against him last year. When we come back, more on the Kings. And the Thunder tonight. And we got to take a glance at uh, the mayor of Oakland and her pitch to save the A's. And I'll tell you why. I don't know if it's going to work, but she's on the right <laughs> track. That is next. We come back to the Golden One Center to drive guys on sack. I'll tell you what. Kyle and I are having a hard time staying up here. We want to run down on the floor because you got the brand new floor. It's a beautiful in-season tournament floor. Kyle, there are, there are scuff marks on the new floor. Yeah. Are there not? There, there are, and I, I don't know who did that, but you would think that, you know. It's brand new. Brand new, first game being played. It should be pristine, right? It should it should be perfect. Yeah. And and that's the first thing, one of the first things I noticed when I walked in. I'm like, it looked, it looked kind of worn already. Like, you know, yeah, somebody had been on it already. I don't know how it was in Philly, but growing up in Vallejo, every gym I went in from when I was, you know, mm-hmm. four years old, whatever, they have signs, no street shoes. Right, right. right. Everywhere, right. every gym you're in. And hello. Uh, that's well, why, right there, yeah. what we see. That's exactly, that's what we uh, see. Well, I'm sure it's. I'm sure it won't show up on TV. Maybe it's some kind of optical illusion. They've had some problems with the courts. We talked, was it yesterday, we talked about Grant Williams in Denver. Yeah. They had the shoot-around. He goes out on their new in-season tournament floor, and he's like, I can't make anything. And is it the colors thrown off my depth perception? No, the three-point line uh, was painted too far away from the basket. And then they got a problem yeah. in, in Dallas, in too, In Dallas right? also, yeah, they had to use their regular court uh, because I'm not sure what the uh, malfunction was. A uh, manufacturing, a manufacturing issue, issue. issue. That could yeah. be a lot of things. For what, uh, so it, it's like the NBA is putting so much PR and publicity and in-season tournament. And in some cases, we can't even get the court right. Uh, uh, yeah. That's a bad look. That's yeah. a bad look. Well, they're definitely getting a lot of attention. I mean, there's no question. People are noticing the floors. I mean, this one, I kind of like this one, but some of them are, was it the Bulls that have the, like a red? Super like, red. No, yeah, it's super red. Yeah. <laughs> but people are noticing. Yeah. That's the idea. And, yeah, and, and then some of my friends out on the East Coast in Boston, you know, because they, they got the parquet floor. Well, obviously you can't do that, but oh, the right. tournament. And uh, I, I saw a report that. that the uh, Celtics tried to uh, petition the league to have at least a parquet in the middle, you know, the middle strip run through, and the league said no. Oh. And so, you know, a lot of purist traditionalists yes. and everything like that, and, and they're like, we hate this court. <laughs> but it's one night, Whitey, or two nights <laughs> for each team. Come on. Yeah. Uh, by the way, we're also noticing uh, some nice comments here. We appreciate it. Thanks for being with us. Uh, Tin Vietnam says, I love the chemistry at Sackdown Sports. And Eric okay. says, yeah, they're, they're they're solid. There's a lot of talk here. Best talent eleven forties had in a while, and My uh, man. we appreciate the, the the kind comments. Yeah, exactly. People out there supporting us, and, and it's not Kyle's mom. 
I don't think. <laughs> hey, you know what? I'm going to have to teach her how to jump into the YouTube <laughs> chat. But, uh, yeah, so she could give us some more compliments. And I still haven't followed her, just so you know. So I'm her only follower. You're still her only follower. We got to change that. There's something <laughs> something just wrong with that. Like, you know, this guy being my. I'm if you don't want me to, I'll, I'll unfollow. But, I, I no, mean. I'm going to just tell her to put her account private or something like that. Do you want me to unfollow your mom? Would you feel this better? This is getting weird, bro. This is getting weird. This is getting weird. Do you want me to unfollow you? Yes. Mom? Yes. Okay. <laughs> well, I'll check with her first. Oh, I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> I'm done. I, you know, I don't want to hurt her feelings. Uh, real quick here, uh, the A's. You know, they got the vote coming up here. Uh, Major League owner is going to vote on whether or not they're approving the A's move to Oakland. Just real quick, I think the mayor is. She's she's got the right idea because. Her argument, Mayor Tao, she's, she's not saying the A's are part of the fabric of the community. That's all true, but she knows the owners don't care about that. She says the A's are counting on uh, hundreds of millions of dollars yeah. of relocation fees to be waived as part of this move. This is what she's writing to the owners. Not only would this require owners to make a major financial sacrifice, it might create a precedent that would cause other teams to seek similar considerations. So she's telling them, you waive the re- relocation fee for them. you got to waive it for everybody. She says moving the A's to Vegas would remove the market from eligibility as a potential expansion site, closing the door on the hefty expansion fee uh, a new Vegas-based team could contribute. So, again, I don't know if it's going to work, but that's brilliant. She's telling the owners, you do this, guys, you're going to lose money. Right. Yeah. But, you know, it, it, that's a brilliant tactic because that's what seems to be the only thing, right. you know, that, that these guys listen to. With that being said, doesn't this smell more and more, and maybe you've already thought this, Major League Baseball is in cahoots with John Fisher. Like, Major League Baseball wants this to happen. It. First of all, you know, as you read, you know, further details about, you know, the letter to Mayor Sin, they're offering up to uh, three times as much public funding yeah. than oh, yeah. Vegas is. Right. You know? And so it's not a money issue for, you know, uh, you know, a John Fisher in the A's, you can't say, oh, well, we're not getting the money to build the kind of arena we want or anything because you're getting close to three times as much uh, of what, you know, than, than what Vegas is giving you. And then the fact that the league is willing to uh, waive the relocation fee, you know, it, it, as much as the mayor is trying and I applaud her efforts, this is some collusion between Manfred, Major League Baseball, and, and Oakland A's, the franchise, this is something that MLB wants to have happen. I think you're right. I think it comes down to this, as it came down to this, when the Kings almost left twice, until and unless the, the city of Oakland gets somebody in the MLB ownership circle who right. says, you know what, I don't I don't think we should do this. That's the only way. Right. Otherwise, it does, if the owners are like, yeah, let's get this over with, Oakland has no chance. But, you know, because the Kings were going to move and then – um, Jerry Buss didn't want them moving to Anaheim initially, yeah, yeah. the Laker owner. Yep. Like, that was done. Um, the Seattle thing, I, I think maybe the league just realized, wow, that was uh, – leave Sacramento, which is going to be just like what happened when Sonics left Seattle and it was a bad thing. Uh, so unless somebody in Major League Baseball decides that, hey, yeah, maybe she's right, um, then there's no chance. Because so, it's clearly not an, a financial issue, right? I mean, like like I just said, you know, the city of Oakland is offering up to three times as much right. uh, than what Vegas is. In uh, market carrying. 10, or you want to be in market what, what, 4, or you want to be in market 40 or whatever. Yeah, well, yeah. yeah 39 or something like yeah. that. Yeah, it's... It just doesn't make Fingers sense. Fingers crossed. Yes. I don't know. By the way, your Sacramento State Hornets are home this Saturday, 2 p.m. kickoff against the Cal Poly Mustangs. Get your tickets at hornetsports.com. 
com. Hey, uh, Mr. Philly guy, what's going on with the, the Sixers? I thought they traded James Harden. They're in trouble. No, it's a, a addition uh, by subtraction, right? You get that guy out of there, you know, no bad vibes. They look great. They look amazing. They had a big <laughs> win over Boston uh, last night, I think it was. And, and the thing is, they never beat Boston. Or it's two nights ago. They ne- Boston owns them, and the Sixers were able to get it done. And, you know, Tyrese Maxey is balling out. Oubre is playing well. Oubre is playing unbelievable. Nick Nurse well. comes in there and changes things up. And, you know, everybody counted out the Sixers, and they still have assets to mo- make a move, too. They can add to that roster. They got draft picks. They got some contracts that they can move. And so it's a bad look. You know, the Sixers are winning. Meanwhile, the Clippers, <laughs> they're winless with James Harden. They're 0-2 with James Harden in the lineup. And I so, hate to laugh, but, I mean, how but, did they not see that coming? Yeah. You know, and, and what's interesting, I, it might have been the Knicks game, uh, the, their first game with James Harden, I think it was. Russell Westbrook took 18 shots, more than anybody else. And so if Russell Westbrook with Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, and James Harden is your first offensive option, not gonna that's work. not going to work, right? Nope. That, nope. Somebody has to step back, and you would think it had have to be Russ, but I don't think he has that, uh, that in his makeup. Yeah, Russ is just at his worst. I don't think he's selfish so much as he's stubborn, and he just thinks, I'm the guy. And that's what one of the things that made him great yeah. when he was a better player. But, you know, it's hard to come to terms with, oh, I'm not what I'm I not was. I'm not the guy anymore. Yeah, right. it's hard to, to, you know, accept that sometimes. You, and, 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 you know, I hate to say this, but you know what Russell Westbrook is? He's a, a good to great player, but on a bad team. Like, on a championship team, I don't know if he could be – one of your one or two best players, and not the way he plays, he still thinks he's that guy. I just don't know why the Clippers did that. I guess they they felt like, wow, they, this is not gonna this is not gonna hold up. Our guys always get hurt. We got to do something, right, and right. almost uh, reeked of desperation. But the Sixers are celebrating and playing well. Best team in the Eastern Conference right now. Atop really? the Eastern Conference standings, yes. Uh, we've got a football game coming up uh, yeah. Sunday in Jacksonville that we'll have for you here in Sackdown Sports when we come back. Our 49er insider, Emil Fergoso, uh, will tell us why this is the week the 49ers bounce all the way back, Kyle, <laughs> Mr. Eagles fan. That's next year on Sackdown Sports.